Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. It's great to see you. It is budget season in Washington. We're all excited about the president's 2021. Yep. Fiscal 2021. 2021 budget. I had to think about it there for a minute because as you have told me many times on this program, there are three budgets going in Washington at any given time. So I kind of lose track sometimes. Yeah. You're executing one, enacting another, and proposing another. You know, the good thing about this episode is usually we have the distraction of guests. This is a topic I love to talk about. We don't have the distraction of other people to talk to or entertain. Can I just say that it's bad form, in my opinion – to tell potential guests and the folks that have been on the show and are now continuing to listen that they're a distraction. I love that you think people are listening. God, <laughs> it makes me so happy. Yeah, I think people actually do listen. I do. It's true. I it's think true. we we know that for a fact because I've had at least two or three people tell me that they've listened to the podcast. Me too. Me too. I hope some of them are interested in the budget. That's right. We are in the middle of budget season. Mm-hmm. President uh, released his budget. To what extent that budget is what ends up being passed by the Congress, there's a low chance of that. Yeah, I've mentioned this on the program a number of times before, that when I was at the radio station, we used to debate, Jason Miller and I used to debate all the time, how much coverage the actual release of the request mattered. And he said, this is a big deal. And my argument was, it's it's important, but not like the biggest thing that's happened in months, because it's going to be changed so much between the time the president proposes and the time Congress disposes. Yeah, Jason's a smart guy. The uh, the implication there, of course, is me not so much, but that's fine. <laughs> of course not. Of I course can, not. I can take it. Look, the president gets the opening bid on the underlying budget. Uh-huh. He gets to write the proposed language that the Congress will use to add or delete. Now, the previous budgets show that the Congress is not given a lot of credence to what the administration proposes. They've proposed a lot of austerity, and Congress has um, countered that with generous increases for agencies, and the president has gone along with that. Mm -hmm. So it's not your traditional tension to get these things agreed to, except to the extent there's stuff like the wall. Mm -hmm. What will be interesting this year is how the election will impact things. Congress has a lot of work to do in a short period of time to get the budget through. An election is going to come right in the middle of that. And whether the president gets reelected, who wins a majority in the House and Senate, that's going to determine whether we get a budget soon after the election or closer to the holidays or even into the spring. I note that – well, two things I note about the scenarios that you, you portray there. One is the assumption that we won't have a budget by the time the current fiscal year ends, September 30th. Right. I mean, you're pretty much – it's a given, it sounds like, that there's going to be some kind of continuing resolution again to get fiscal year 2021 started. That's right. Many of our listeners will not credit me with even the remotest insight to inform people that there won't be a budget agreed to by the end of the fiscal year. Okay. There, there's been no re- – and not in recent memory has the president and Congress agreed to a budget before the end of the fiscal year. 
definitely not during an election year. And the time it takes to get a budget enacted in an election year has grown longer and longer. Mm-hmm. All right. The other thing that I took out of those comments is that there's probably even going to be jockeying about the discussion who gets what and when based on who thinks over the course of the summer and the fall they might have the White House or a majority in either chamber. So I can't imagine they'll wait until after the election to do that kind of calculation. Um, no, they'll be doing it all along. Right. Uh, everybody thinks they're going to win. Well, n- n- well, I, yes, but I also – you know a whole lot more about how all this stuff works on the Hill than I do. But I also – I do know that there are a fair amount of realists up there who understand what the landscape really looks like and know a lot of detail about what's likely to happen and what's not likely to happen sufficiently that they would use that information when they're playing poker like this – turns out to be in an election year. One of the good things we've got going for us is that the budget caps were agreed to. Mm -hmm. Remember when we got budget caps agreed to, that was a two-year deal. The budget caps this year are lower. The the amount of the increase agencies are expecting will be lower than last year. So that will make it still tougher to get to agreement. But pretty much each subcommittee, each appropriation subcommittee knows what it's uh, budget caps will be. They know the amount of money they have to play with to get to agreement on their budget. So, is that enough of a help that it might facilitate things, or does it not matter because of all the extraneous circumstances that you just described a few minutes ago? Yes. <laughs> it, Great. It both. Thanks for the definitive answer. It both. It, it does. It does get a major thing done that you don't have to worry about. We know how much money we have to play with. But that doesn't mean within each subcommittee there aren't going to be controversial issues. We're still going to have to come to agreement on wall funding. But they did that last year. They did. And one of the things I've been saying is that though conventional wisdom suggests we won't get a lot done in election year, I think I think we could possibly get some big things done. Remember, right before the holidays, we got not only a budget, but we got a new space agency. Mm-hmm. We got a major new benefit for federal employees, paid family leave. There are a lot of things, especially those things that are generally under the attention of folks below the radar that I think we could really see get done. You know, the president talked about infrastructure in his State of the Union. Both sides really want to get infrastructure done. They just don't want the other side to get credit. I think that bodes well for seeing some sort of infrastructure deal before the end of the year. That's an interesting observation because I think most of the people that I talk to in town believe that between now and 8 p.m. on Election Day, Eastern Time, nothing basically will happen. It's easy to predict in Washington (laughs) that nothing will get done. Yeah, you don't really lose a whole lot of money betting on that, do you? That's right. That's right. I think think you've got uh, the chances of of getting things done um, uh, that 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 will surprise people. I'm grateful for your optimism. That's <laughs> encouraging. No, it's seriously. It is because I think part of the reason that people have the cynicism that they do about Washington is because we you weren't kidding. We weren't kidding. You don't lose money betting on Congress to do nothing. That's right. But um, but you do have uh, a lot of people working hard to. 
achieve their priorities. Mm-hmm. You've got an election year, so you have people who might be vulnerable in re-election wanting to show their constituents that they're making productive change happen. Um, uh, you've got the president who has uh, is coming down to the wire on his first term against campaign promises he made in his first election. Mm-hmm. Those forces tell me that the there there are forces trying to make progress. All right. What would you consider, other than what you've laid out already, what would you consider major progress for the government in calendar year 2020? Yeah, that's kind of an impertinent question. We should have done this, I guess, at the beginning of the year when everybody's doing their, hey, what's your forecast uh, for 2020? Well, the, but we uh, didn't. What is progress? The bar's low because <laughs> – my prediction is we will get a budget at some point, and that's progress because, remember, two years ago we were suffering through the longest shutdown in the history of government. Yes. I bet you'll see progress on paid family leave. The president has shown willingness to do that. Congress has some bipartisan legislation to do that. They'll mirror what the progress that's been made with federal employees in that regard. And I repeat, I think we will get an infrastructure bill enacted as far as the agencies are concerned, they'll make progress on the president's management agenda. I think you and I have talked about before. People agree that that's the right framework with which to make progress on badly needed management reforms. There are some major agency reforms going on in agencies, especially if you look at DOD. They've got some pretty ambitious efforts underway to uh, rid themselves of some wasteful practice so that they can free up resources for priorities like China and cybersecurity. I can't remember the last time in the State of the Union address that I heard a president mention a bill that he signed that related to some benefit for the federal workforce. I'm trying to remember Do you remember myself. One? I don't. And, and as you rightly pointed out a moment ago, President Trump mentioned in his State of the Union address um, that he'd signed this bill for paid family leave for federal employees. It strikes me as it's good. I'm I'm glad that federal employee issues are important enough to any president that he or she chooses to mention them in the State of the Union address. Yeah, if you reflect on that speech, it's a very pro-government speech. Yeah, there's a lot, it was a big, great piece in Government Executive uh, a couple weeks ago, right after the speech, about why it was a pro-government speech. Well, what two things that I, that I can't, struck me was he mentioned the beneficiary of a government program, Opportunity Zones. Mm-hmm. He mentioned this long-term civil servant, a Border Patrol agent who was promoted to deputy head of the Border Patrol. You know, those of us involved in strengthening government and trusting government, mm-hmm. are, are, we're definitely glad to see that. You would not think, I think, based on the rhetoric from the two parties, I don't think anybody would predict that a Republican president would be the one to highlight federal employees and a benefit to the federal workforce in his or her State of the Union address. Especially this one. Well, I think that I think that's true. What else on the agenda right now is we begin kind of – spring is coming. Spring it's, is coming. I know it's the middle of February, but – uh, uh, sp- spring is coming. We're in the throes of the election. Uh, uh, but again, you know, the, the government um, rose on. Very interested to see uh, what the appropriations committees get done as far as reporting out their bills. And agencies, you know, are in a, a wait and see position, not mm-hmm. only for their budgets, but what the election will bring and what changes 
either a re-election or a new president brings. It's not too early, I guess, to start thinking about CRs, too. That's Based right. Based on your comments, yep. smart agencies, I imagine, would be planning for that starting already if they haven't. That's right. All right. I don't have anything else, so I will just say it's great to be with you as always. Likewise. Look forward to the next time. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grand Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.